Now, Riggs, buddy, if you're listening to this, do not worry. I set a reminder on my phone. I'm going to plug your fridge back in. See, Riggs is my roommate, and uh, he's got one of these big, not really that big, but these big industrial, like, stainless steel fridges. Like, something you'd see literally straight out of guys' grocery games or something. And I'm telling you, this thing hums. And it's right in my uh, podcast studio, a.k.a. living room. And it's just a little too loud, too much interference. So I've just been unplugging it. But I've been forgetting to plug it back in. And with good reason, he's been getting a little pissed. So I'm sorry, Riggs. I'm going to plug it back in. I swear to God. Okay, here we go. Oh, Canada. Terra de nos how is that little rendition of a little bit of the French Canadian anthem for the kid? Eh? Not bad, eh? Uh, uh. But let's fucking go, Canada. Breaks through the glass ceiling. Canadian women's soccer wins the gold, which is a big deal. Because we've been trying to break through that ceiling, like I said, for a long time. So good for them. I remember them getting fucked in 2010 with that. I don't even know what it was. Some crazy rule that gave US a penalty kick and they ended up winning. Um, But it's nice to see them win the gold. And it's unreal to see them uh, win against the United States in the semis. Um, And the funniest part about all this is all these people reposting the stuff on social media when I guarantee you they didn't watch a fucking second of the action. That's not a knock on women's sports. There's so many good athletes who are women that are inspiring millions of young girls to strive for their goals. It's basically just a knock on the Olympics in Tokyo again. The game was supposed to be in prime time in Canada and the United States, uh, the gold medal game. And they moved it to 7 a.m. on a Friday morning because it was too hot when they were originally supposed to play. Like, nice Olympics. Uh, Way to get some eyeballs on the game. And let me say this. I've always hated the U.S. women's soccer team. Just a bunch of fucking cake eaters. I mean, it'd be pretty comparable to like United States women's soccer being like growing up, kids growing up in a diner and eating prairie and going to high school there. And, and Canada is that hardworking Duluth kid. You just love to have him around. Um, team USA is just a bunch of A-list celebrities and, and the Canadian women came to work and they got the better of them. So that's good to see. All right, folks. Welcome to episode nine of Hildy's Hot Takes. And I got to admit, the only actual live Olympic action I took in with my own two eyeballs was the women's 20-meter platform final. And this one 14-year-old girl from China got 477 out of a possible 500 points. That is fucking crazy. She had three separate dives out of the five that were perfect tens by the judges and no other diver even got one. When she hit the water, it was literally like stirring up your Nesquik chocolate milk when you're fucking 10 years old, just a straight vortex down on the bottom. It was actually very, very impressive. But, 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 you know what that means to all you divers out there. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do not make the rules. I just enforce them. And once a 14-year-old can master and dominate your sport on the level that I just witnessed this young girl do it, your sport's a fucking joke. Diving is done. It's no longer respectable. Sorry, divers, but I'm not sorry at all. 
do something else also because it's seeming like this girl is going to be dominating the platform for the next 20 years. Oh, what's this? Breaking news, everyone. I'm happy to be the first one to live report this headline I just read on Twitter that masks are safe and effective in reducing the spread of the COVID virus. Can you fucking believe that, folks? They are safe. If you didn't know, after fucking a year and a half, almost two years of this fucking bullshit, masks are safe. And the fact that they are putting that on Twitter, thank you so much to whoever decides to do that because I didn't know that information before. I don't know where I would have gotten it before, but thank you, Twitter people. Thank you, headline makers, because uh, I'm so happy now that I know that masks are safe. I'm going to wear one everywhere. Not. So... Moving on, I was going to talk about Simone Biles, but, you know, mental health and stuff, it's tough to kind of step your fucking nose in the door there and uh, and kind of actually talk about it like a normal human being. Just kidding. I'm going to dive right in because I have a lot to say. Um, so let's be rational about this and have an opinion rather than anything that the fucking robot flowcharts of events tells you to say, oh, you know. X happens, so this is how you have to respond, or you're canceled. And this is what you have to tweet about, or you will get canceled. But I'm not a huge pussy, so here we go. And it's got nothing to do with her at all, but really just the media coverage and how fucking contradicting and hypocritical everyone is. Um, if you've listened to all the episodes on this pod, it's you've kind of gotten the hint by now that I fucking hate the media. Um, I remember my first journalism class when uh, I was looking through the code of ethics and all this shit in the first class and we had to talk about it. And it was all this duty to the world, being honest. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not that fucking serious. Okay. But here we go. So first it is reported. And I emphasize that because the entire time, the only people that have actually known or have been knowing what is going on with Simone Biles are her and the people directly closest to her and not these stupid speculative reports that are endlessly being pumped into people's brains and eyeballs and ears on the 24-7 news cycle from CNN to Fox News to ESPN or whatever the fuck you're looking at. So first it is reported that Simone Biles, the GOAT of gymnastics, that's pretty much a fact at this point, is removing herself from the team events in the Olympics due to mental health concerns and overall stress. That is all fine and dandy. I feel bad for her that she felt that way, that she felt that was her best choice to deal with it is to pull out of the fucking Olympics, the most important uh, events of her lives. But then, oh, wait, it is then reported that the stress has caused the twisties. Maybe that had to do with the stress, but then the narrative completely changes and boom, there's a whole new entire group of sympathizers and reactions, some good, some bad, but everyone could agree with um, there's no way that all of this going on in the news talking about her 24-7 could be anywhere close to good for what she was going through. Then, everyone is assuming that she's done for the games after she pulls out of more events that come out with the media outlets across the world reporting 
on how dangerous the touristies are as a gymnast and how she's so strong for, for pulling out and, and everyone knows how dangerous the twisties are. Oh, but then two days later, she's good. And she wins bronze as the third best person in the entire world at the event in the Olympics. Twisty's gone. She was evaluated and good to go. Weird. Right away, when all this came out, I was assuming, I was assuming something was not adding up. There had to be something that she was not telling anyone, which is fine because she has a right to her privacy and it shouldn't fucking matter. Then, then... It is reported that in the midst of all this that is happening, her pulling out, her with the twisties, going back in, that her aunt died. After all this fucking bullshit, spewing the possible and speculative stuff, like I said, the entire time and making it the biggest news story on the face of the earth for 10 straight days, um... They report that her aunt died and there was just obviously a shit ton going on for Simone Biles at that time. And I feel sorry for her that she was fucking bombarded with everything at such a crucial time in her life. But then the media, I saw this headline. It was absolutely crazy. I saw this headline that Simone Biles aunt died. And then in adding to the headline, there was a quote that someone wrote from the news. I can't remember who it was, but it doesn't fucking matter because everyone's guilty in this situation. There's a quote that said, people need to be more mindful about what they're saying on the internet because you don't really know what these athletes are going through. Are you fucking kidding me, media? At the media, are you fucking kidding me? That is exactly what you just did for 12 straight days. You were not mindful at all about what you were posting. You were just saying all this shit, all these news hosts, these back and forth, all this stuff about, oh, what's wrong with Simone Biles? Is she okay? Is it okay that she's pulling out because of mental health? What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this? When if the news and everyone really gave a fuck about anyone's mental health, they would have heard the very first thing and then shut up about it. We're going to respect Simone Biles at this time because obviously, like I said, she's going through a lot if she decided that her best course of action was to pull out the Olympics. And instead, they just post all that shit, knowing for a fact it's going to create a ton of engagement and knowing for a fact that there's going to be the dumb fuck crowd that says, oh, she needs to suck it up. Like, oh, she needs to toughen up with the Olympics. And then there's going to be the soft pussy police that says, oh, blah, 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 and just bitches and complains about the people that first say that she needs to toughen up. And they know exactly what they're doing. And I just think it's a fucking joke. And as you could hear from my tone of voice, I was pretty fired up about it. And I still am fired up about it just thinking about it. And it's just the scumbag mentality from the media. And that is nothing out of the ordinary. So people need to wake up, okay? Rant over. So what's the difference between a rant and a speech? I would have looked it up myself, but then I wouldn't get to use it, that question, and this sentence to move on to Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame induction speech. You know, how clever is that? So Peyton Manning is someone that motivates me and who I look, to, look up to a lot, not because of his on-field performance as an NFL quarterback, but by the way he commands a room. He talks so freely and effortlessly 
while simultaneously being tremendously thoughtful and always so on point. And when I look out to people in the world and other skills and evaluate other people's professions and look to things, uh, look for things I most want to emulate in my life, I would say the ability to speak like Peyton Manning can is definitely up there and something I'm going to strive for for the rest of my life. Just what a fucking speech from him. In, in a short time, like he said, battling the crowd, cheering the entire time and trying to make him pause. And he just fucking bodies it. God, is he good at talking. If you haven't watched it, I would recommend because it's nothing short of remarkable. I've always taken an extreme fascination in people that can can speak very well. In times when, you know, he's up there in front of all those people, 98% of the humans on this planet would just freeze up and honestly shit their pants. Actually, they would do that. And that ability is no joke and something that I really want to be able to have in the future. Now, this podcast has already become a great medium and helping me out in that way. Uh, in my opinion, you should have seen how many takes it took me the first episode, like starting it out, just the first five minutes, I had to stop and, and redo it every single time. And now basically, I'm just crushing every take and one off straight through less stutters, less uhs, less interruptions of the flow. And I'm saying that I really appreciate everyone that reaches out and starts conversations with me on the stuff that I'm saying, because it's so fun to engage and actually have people listen to this. Um, because I'm basically just talking to myself. And it's fun to talk about the stuff I'm saying on here with other people. And I'm going to segue that into if you want me to talk about your thoughts or hot takes or whatever fucked up shit you came up in your mind. Do not hesitate to text me, snap me, DM me, call me. I don't fucking know. Just send me in your very own takes. And if I like them, I'll feature them on the pod. So here we go. The very first fan slash listener submitted take on the pod. This week's fan submitted take is from Alyssa. Wanting to know my opinion on people who make Instagram accounts for their dogs and talk to themselves from their personal account and dog account. So I'll just explain that one more time. There are people out there, and I know exactly what she was talking about when she asked me this, that make an Instagram account for their pet. Now that is a red flag right off the bat. If you do that, you're a fucking psycho. No offense if you do that. Actually, yes, take offense because you should change your ways. And then on top of that, this is where it gets even weirder. They will go on their personal accounts to comment things on the dog's account and talk to themselves from back from the dog's account to their personal account. And they're having a conversation with themselves about how cute their puppy is on Instagram. Basically, at this point in 2021, if you didn't know, it's 2021. You're doing that in public for everyone to see. So... Alyssa, I'm sure you could take a wild guess as a, to what I'm going to say here, which is that I've only actually ever seen this happen one time on Instagram, and I legitimately vomited. I'm not kidding. Like Vizantini in his office after Blaze Pods, shout out YXE boys. And I feel like I have to say that if you're a person that does this, you should be put on a list comparable to a sex offender list. And you really should have to go around and notify your neighbors of your prior, prior behavior to warn them of who you really are, which is a fucking weirdo. Now that is all I had planned for the pod, 
but looks like we have a little time left. So I'm excited. I'm excited I get to get this one in. Darnell Nurse, 9.25 mil a year. Are you fucked, Edmonton? What are you doing? Now, I had a rational conversation with some older, um, possibly, most likely smarter people than me uh, in the hockey world. And, and even those who aren't some younger kids and what their thought of it was is that the Oilers had to do it. That D-man can log, that can log 30 minutes, um, 30 minutes a night whenever you ask him to. Uh, those guys don't fall off trees. And that part I understand. But what I don't understand is how Edmonton thinks they can win a Stanley Cup with 34 or $35 million, almost half the fucking salary cap tied up to two forwards and one defenseman who isn't even in the top 10 in the league, I don't think. Um, if I would have done my homework and actually thought I was going to get to this take, actually, you know what? As I talk, I'm just going to fucking look up some some salaries in the NHL. Um, for D-Man. And we're just going to compare. So some of these contracts are fucking tough, right? So you got Eric Carlson at 11.5. That's crazy. Uh, Drew Doughty at 11 million. There's a lot of Drew Doughty haters out there, and I don't understand that. He is a perennial top five D-Man in the league. Anyone can say he's had some down years and maybe he just doesn't give a fuck anymore because he's on LA and they've been such a dumpster fire for so long somehow. But yeah, I don't think he's worth 11 million, but he's still a good defenseman. Roman Yossi, 9 mil. P.K. Subban, 9 mil. Dougie Hamilton, 9 mil. Those are the stupidest contracts I've ever seen besides this one. Anyway, I wouldn't even say Darnell Nurse is better than Makar, Petrangelo, Heiskanen, John Carlson, Shabbat, Hedman, uh, Spurgeon, Ekblad, Latang, McDonough, Provorov, Justin Falk. Like, are you fucking kidding me, Edmonton? He's not better than any of those guys. Now he's making way more than all those guys. So I'm not going to slander Darnell Nurse that much because he is a good defenseman. And people are ripping him right now just because of the contract he just signed, which is completely fine. I just don't like it for the reason that Edmonton is now fucked and McDavid's going to be so out of there so fast when they can't even put together a second line on their team and they have fucking only one defenseman because he's taking up a fucking eighth of the salary cap when he's not even that good. So that's all I have for you today, folks. I was pretty fired up there. Um, that's okay. The passion, you got to love it. But I'm being serious. If you want me to put your takes on the pod and mention your name and just talk about whatever the hell is burning a hole in your mind, text me, call me, snap me, DM me, whatever the hell you want. Hildy's Hot Takes on Instagram. No, just kidding. Twitter, follow it. DM me. I'll feature you on the pod. Maybe if there's enough of them, I'll be able to like do an entire pod of just user-submitted takes. But we'll see. Okay? So until next time, be safe out there. Masks are safe in preventing COVID virus if you didn't know. And if you need to know, just go on Twitter today. It'll be a big fucking headline right at the top. All right? We'll talk to you next week.